Um, when we say um, and are trying to draw honestly, and you've heard me say this, and forgive me whether it's redundant, but when we say the Lord is restoring the house of prayer, um, identity, uh, there's an identity restoration around that and a cultural revolution around that, we really mean, and city prayers and prayer meetings and prayer strategies, they're, they're all really for the sake of the increasing restoration of the government of the Holy Spirit in the body of Christ. If somebody says prayer changes people, yes, but there needs to be some explanation. It's, it, yes, it's prayer, but it's really, prayer is the activity where we put ourselves being in, in the position to be transformed by the Holy Spirit. It's where we get into part. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the transformation. And so the Holy Spirit is reintroducing himself back to the whole body of Christ in a powerful way. It's not like he's not been there, but I think he's coming with power. I don't think it's about manifestations or this take on him or that take on I think it's the person of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in John 16, 7, when they're grieving and getting it, oh my gosh, he's going away. He said, don't grieve unless I go away. I can't send him. I need to go so I can take up my resurrected, ascended position in the heavenly realms to release what I came to buy for you. And so your salvation, yes, he bought eternal life for you, but that's the fruit of the gift. The, the great reward of the gospel is God himself. Jesus came to get the Holy Spirit inside you, to get the Holy Spirit back to ruling and reigning in humanity. The tree of life was lost in that garden, and now we have connection back to eternal life, the uncreated life that's gloriously in us. And so I just want to really make that clear because I felt that call to be an advocate for the advocate, and sometimes people can think we're preaching prayer. I'm not preaching prayer. <laughs> we're using prayer because he designed it that way to expose our hearts to the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And that's really what we want to see restored in the body of Christ. And when I say that, that sounds demeaning. I don't mean it that way. The Holy Spirit's moving. People love the Holy Spirit. I get it. But there is an increase, and I have not met a pastor yet that doesn't believe that they could really grow in fruitfulness, grow in the presence of the Lord within their worship, prayer, and their ministry. And so right now, I'm going to do the same thing. I've got four words laying before me right now. I planned to do little equips. They kind of build on each other. I may get to do it, but I don't know. I don't know. I've been praying the whole time through the deal, and so I'm going to pray. And again, when I do this in front of you, I'm not just an awkward guy who doesn't know what sermon to preach. I'm son of God in a moment trying to get the leadership of the Spirit. Does everybody understand that? I can't just preach a sermon anymore. I love the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I love it. My favorite moment, the only way I've ever changed is when he touched me. When he transformed me, when he moved, when I responded to his lordship, something began to happen in my heart. And so that frees me from a worldly spirit and from a religious spirit that has to perform and do anything. So right now, what I'm doing is in my inner man, I'm talking out loud to you with vocal cords, and I've got some attention on you, but I'm being multi-conscious right now. Uh-oh, did Sam just go new age? I feel, thanks Aaron for turning the air on, it was hot earlier. With my body, I feel physically what's going on in this room. I see sights, I see lights. I got a physical consciousness going on right now. My soul is very aware that I'm a person and you're persons. I'm emoting, I'm thinking about you and seeing you. 
but I'm also a spirit man. And the Holy Spirit in me, there's a spirit consciousness that in the invisible realm that's in this room right now, that the Holy Spirit's moving, angels are moving, probably nefarious spirits. But I'm being conscious of that in this moment. And that is ruling and reigning over what I'll do with my tongue and what I'll do with my soul in this moment. So, Father, we pray in the mighty name of Jesus. We love you. We love your son. It's changes forever, the gospel. These people are here on Saturday night at supper time because they've been changed by you. And thank you for all the different churches represented in this place right now. And I'm asking, I'm asking for your leadership, Holy Spirit. We're asking for a moment and a church that is under your lordship, that you're enthroned once again, no longer manipulated, no longer ignored, but fully honored as exercising the kingship of Jesus among us. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you for your presence. Now I'm asking you, what do we do with these few moments we have? I'm asking So, Lord, we say again, we love, love your leadership. Thank you that you're ministering in this room all over the place. You're alive and well in the hearts of the believers. And you're the great teacher in the room. You're the great leader. We love it. We love your presence. I'm asking for anyone now that's having trouble resting, communing in your presence, would you break strongholds and distractions off of them in Jesus' name? I pray they'd find you in the midst of the pain and the rough news they just got. They'd find you and not be distracted in the midst of the the rays they just got in the good news. I'm asking, Lord, that nothing would distract us from your presence, even in this moment. You are our great inheritance. I pray, Lord, you would break off of us every divisive, jealous, competitive thing that operates. Everything the enemy stands on to torment us, I pray, Break that off in Jesus' name. And Lord, have your way with us. Amen. John 17. I, I just want to I want to share with you really quick couple minute things. I'm gonna work my way through it. I re, what I heard then, by the way, whatever it doesn't matter. I feel like I'm equipped. I'm supposed to equip. That's does that may seem like you're like well, that's what we do all the time, but that's that's good for me because it could have been set down or leave or go, and so I felt like I'm supposed to sow in it. So here we go. Embracing the Lord's prayer, fulfillment of John 17. The Lord's prayer is actually in John 17. Did you know that? The king's commission prayer is what's in Matthew 6, 9 through 13, and Luke 11, 1 through 3. That, that we, he probably prayed it, maybe prayed it, 
All we know, though, from our Bible is that he commissioned it. That's why we want to pray it. When you pray, say. We want to agree. That's the King's Commission prayer. The Lord's Prayer, clearly, not traditionally, is John 17. That you have John 17 in your Bible is a, is a glorious reward. I don't know if we not only get Jesus, the greatest teacher, greatest prayer ever, telling us to pray, giving us a prayer, but we get insight into his prayer life. We literally get what he prays to the Father about. I'm gonna encourage you to read John 17 very slowly. Read it slowly. It's three main sections. Jesus prays for himself. It'll give you insight how to pray for yourself. He prays for his core team, the 12. That'll give you insight about your ministry team. It's, it's glorious. And then it then he prays for us. In, in 1720, he begins to say, as you might remember, I do not ask for these only, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So that's everyone for the last 2,000 years post the apostles this prayer is for. In me through their word, that, what, that they all may be one, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you've sent me the glory that you've given me, I've given them so that they may be one, even as we are one, I in them, you in me, that they may become perfectly one so that the world may know that you've sent me and love them even as you loved me. There's a couple more verses, 25, 26, 20, they're awesome, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna hone in on these three and they're big deals for us. You know them, it's gonna be repetitive, but I gotta say it again because I really wanna actually prophesy to you as well as teach you. There are three powerful dynamics in this section of the prayer that are for you. Number one, Jesus prays three times for us that we would be one, that we'd be unit. Here's, here's the deal. I'm gonna, Father God, bless me and glorify your name through me. Bless my 12, you've sanctified them with your word. Now I'm gonna pray for everybody that exists, the, the multiplication of the family, billion believers. What does he pray? He prays that they be one. He prays that they get, not just they get along, that they be one. And that is a powerful dynamic. If anybody's not into unity in the body of Christ, I, you don't get your Bible. And you don't get the heart of Jesus. You don't get it. Listen, and I've been confused about this. Jesus said in one place, I bring a sword. And I didn't come to bring peace, I came to divide. That's in the context of those who believe him or don't believe him. But in the context of believers, it's all unity, man. Not uniformity, not looking to... It, as it relates to the world, it's who's with me, who's against me. I'm dividing with my sword of the gospel. But when it's in the body of Christ, he's praying the second person of the deity to the first person of the deity to release the third person of the deity to accomplish unity. That's something else. If you're not in a unity, I don't get, you don't get the gospel. You don't get what he's doing in the Bible. DN has given, we're giving our lives to it. I'm the most critical guy in the city about how churches should operate. And that I'm the unity guy is, is full irony. It is. It's just foolishness. If you knew my history and my, blah, blah, and today I could still do it, but my heart can't help myself. You know why? Because I keep getting closer to the heart of Jesus. Turns out he loves them all. Turns out he's not as concerned about them doing it my way or doing it the right way that I think. He just loves them and wants them to find the way to him. And I'm like, I want them. I want them all. <sighs> Number two, Jesus describes what kind of oneness or unity he's praying for. And this should be shocking to you. 
It's Trinitarian unity. Make them one, not like Israel was, not like the, make them one as we are one. That's, that, that statement alone should require multiple hours of meditation from you. How one is the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit? One God, three persons, Trinitarian, you'll never get it on this side, never. <laughs> it's gonna take a resurrection brain for you to process the Trinity. But we know enough to know this, that's astounding. Astounding, there is no more greater place of unity than the Father, the Son. And he says, I, as we are one, do that on planet Earth with them. And so, stunning reality. Number three, there's a so. Jesus reveals that the so that, this is why I'm asking this, or the reason for this prayer is that the world would know him. Power and evangelism. Now, I wanna, I wanna say this. The gospel can be shared and received and go with power because it's just the gospel, okay? People get saved still, yes. But there is a clear theological statement, a clear truth here that's this, that when the body of Christ is divided, there is a lessening of the impact and the power of the gospel. He says here, here's why I want them one. Yeah, it'll look like us, but it's gonna unleash an anointing. This is, this is the dynamic that David or whoever wrote Psalms 133 was tampering with in the Holy Spirit when the brothers dwell together. Remember that? In unity, there's a blessing manifest. This is what's going on in Babel in Genesis chapter 11 when they decide we're not going to spread out anymore. We're building a tower here. We're gonna reach heaven. It had a religious spirit. And they chose to begin to hole up in a place and God himself in a conversation with himself says we gotta go down and stop this because if we don't do it now, nothing's gonna stop them. And he knew that because he had designed when men and women come into agreement, power is released. I'm telling you, the Antichrist kingdom and the devil is going to build great unity. It's going to involve religious services. It's going to involve signs and wonders. I don't know if you know that. Blind eyes are going to open from the Antichrist kingdom. We're going to have to have a little discernment in the last days. It's not about signs and wonders. It's about the Lord Jesus Christ. It's not the anti-signs and wonders person. It's the Antichrist. He's against the Christ. And so this is a big deal, and I am passionate. We prayed earlier. We will keep doing it. God, save souls, save souls, save souls. And he's like, man, I, I'm into that. Preach the gospel. Keep moving like you are. But I'm, if, if you'll agree with my design, which is y'all together in oneness and unity, there'll be an unleashing. The gospel will be irresistible. And I, I, I want to see that. And this is the so that of this thing. So this is why. Some guy's like, uh, somebody asked me, I think my son-in-law might ask me, Kenny may be gone. He said, how are you doing it? <laughs> you sit with those pastors, you're having coffee. He goes, honestly, lots of differences. You have opinions. How in the world are you? Are you just being patient? I'm not being patient. I mean, I'm getting some patience, but I'm not. I've got, I'm full of vision. I'm full of vision. My king wants me and that Lutheran priest and that Orthodox that are confessing Jesus, he wants us one. And so what I do is I feel anointing is when I do it. So I've had multiple big guys go, I'm so glad that's not my commission. I get it. I get it. That's all right. But I'm telling you, I'm, tad, I'm a tad spoiled that I get to sit in these meetings and spend this time. 
Because every time I do it, I step into the blessing of Jesus. And so I kind of wanted to prophesy you, to you this. You all are being influenced by the power of the greatest prayer ever in human history. He prayed you'd be one and probably with a bunch of people you don't like today. And you can't help yourself. You watch. You watch. You're going to feel conviction. You're going to run into him to the grocery store. He's going to put you in a place because he's committed to you being one. To having an undefiled body of Christ that moves in oneness. And I just want to say this. I have no idea what that oneness totally looks like. When I was in my 20s, I thought it looked like me in a big building with thousands of people listening to me. I figured out that's not the deal. It's a, it's a more fluid, spread out, glorious thing, but it is going to take us having some interaction, breaking some unforgettable, having some wisdom as we go forward. So, Father God, will you pray with me in this? We agree with Jesus Christ that you would make every believer on planet Earth one, even as you and the Father are one. In Jesus' name, we pray your prayer in the will of God. Holy Spirit, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you that you won't let us go into our own sectarianism and division because any kingdom divided against itself is not going to stand. So we say yes. Come, Holy Spirit. Miracles among shepherds. Miracles among saints. The people that are posting on social media, ripping each other apart. Break that down in Jesus' name. And let love reign. Let love reign. Move with power. Give us wisdom on how to perceive one another, how to walk with each other in these days. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.